Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Zofia Renea Morales, and this week, our guest is Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and she's an internationally recognized name expert. She can determine your strengths, your challenges, and the purpose of your life by deciphering your name. Sharon created Nomology Science, the study of the placement of letters in a name, and, after, and it took her about 15 years of research to do this. Sharon assists HR business departments to narrow down candidates to be interviewed. She assists lawyers in how to present cases to judges and helps couples and families learn to communicate better based on the energies that come in their names. Sharon also creates names for new businesses, new products, and when people wish to change their name, she helps them to identify the optimal name. She has written several best-selling books and is a frequent radio show guest, and television guest. Her website is www.knowthename.com. Welcome, Sharon. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Oh, Sophia, so wonderful of you to invite me. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about what life was like before you became this internationally recognized name expert. Where, where did you start? What's your history? Well, I started by getting through school as, as fast as I could so that I had my teaching credential and had graduated from college at age 20 and started teaching school. Wow, that's uh, significantly accelerated. Most people are like 23 by the time they manage all that. <laughs> well, I wanted out of school because I was tired of homework. What I didn't realize at the time was every time you give the kids homework, you give yourself homework because you got to grade it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it multiplies by the number of children in the class. <laughs> exactly. And I thought, oh, this was not such a smart move. But anyway, I always wanted to teach ever since I was in ninth grade and eighth grade. I had wanted to become a school teacher. So um, I was just in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. So you always knew that you wanted to be a teacher. Well, I knew that as of it, it happened between eighth and ninth grade where I said, I really want to be a teacher. I had this incredible math teacher that after flunking math two years in a row, she caught me up and then I just excelled and zoomed in math. Oh, wow. And I learned how to explain it. And then she got me started in tutoring. And I realized uh -huh. I work myself right out of a job with the way I tutor. <laughs> I don't need to after a while. <laughs> and it doesn't take all that long. And so I thought I would love to do this for other people the same way this fabulous teacher, Mrs. Skidmore, Isidore Skidmore, uh, did it for me. Oh, that's lovely. That is so lovely. And I, I think as energy workers, we should take... Um, we should take some lessons for that. I know my whole objective when I'm working with a client is to make them self-sufficient so they don't need me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Not the world's greatest business model, but ethically, I feel like that is the best way to interact well, with a client. And, and I feel that way now, too, because I teach how to interpret names, and then all those people don't need me anymore, and then all kinds of people go see them instead of me, and yet... <laughs> I, I choose that. I mean, I set it up that way on purpose because I would like people to be self-sufficient, be able to know names. It's such a handy tool. 
because you never talk to a stranger. You know, I jokingly say that from the bedroom to the boardroom, once you know someone's name, you know everything. There are no secrets. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? And for those of us who sit around going, I do not get people. I'm so clueless. This is a key to kind of open that door. Yes, and if someone's shy, you know, and they, because they don't feel safe around people, you can literally look at a name and say, oh, this one doesn't tell the truth. That one's a thief. This one's a psychopath. This one's a whatnot. And so, yeah. you know, who do you want to keep in your world and who do you want to immediately nicely excuse yourself from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little salvation for empaths everywhere. <laughs> so... Have you always been kind of spiritually, intuitively inclined? Tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, I always think, I, you know, everybody isn't able to survive their childhood these days. You know, you have to become intuitive to know uh, when you need to be good and disappear or when you can interface with your parents and the other people in the household. But my mom, in, when I, at the beginning of eighth grade, met the person who was Hitler, one of Hitler's three astrologers that were, were not killed. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. And so it's a long story, but the bottom line is she and my mom became best friends. Mm. And so she told my mom, you're going to bring three friends and you're going to come take this class from me. You're going to learn astrology. But what she was really teaching was spirituality mm. and having her read all kinds of books like Edgar Cayce and Jane Roberts and, I mean, just a whole slew of books. There weren't a lot available at those times, but everything that was, she was giving different assignments to my mom. So on Wednesdays, when she had her four-hour class in the morning, us kids learned to race home from school so that we could hear what Afra had said to mom, you know, mm. and mom would kind of repeat a lot of it. And then as she was reading the books for the homework during the week, she would take little sections out. Well, I wanted more. I was so thirsty for more that when she didn't want to share her books, mm. okay, she was afraid his kids might ruin them, damage them, you know, make a mark on them. I, I've them. seen what kids can do to books. so <laughs> <laughs> And so she didn't want us to read our, her books. So every time she left to go to the store or something else, I would sneak into her room, sit on the floor so I didn't make a dent on the bed, slide the book out, know exactly where the bookmark was, and I would read. And the minute I heard the car in the driveway, everything went back exactly like it was before I found it, and I was out of there, you know? And so I read every book she read. That's and then I always pumped for more information that she was getting from Afro Wesh. And so that was my interest. And then I wanted to read the Bible for myself because of this interest. And I had to earn one at the local store. I wish I would have known about hotels and Gideon Bibles, but I didn't. <laughs> so, so there was a, a thing at the local church that you could memorize so much stuff and earn your Bible. So I decided to do that. And I earned it within the sixth week of school. And so in eighth grade. And so then I took the number of pages that were in the Bible and I took the number of days left of the school year, divided them, saw how much I had to read every night. And so I read that. And then the next year was like the Bhagavad Gita and then came the Book of Mormon. And then every year, like it was a big book, you know, some, yeah. some religions, major text. Okay. Plus I was reading everything I could on the other stuff. So yes, the interest was there, but I think it really started with Afra telling my mom stuff and she would come home and tell us kids <laughs> and it just fascinated me. That is so, wonderful. And then on my 18th birthday, 
um, I started meditating because my older sister had said, you get this connection with God in the East through 20 years of meditation. And so mm. I said, well, I best get started. And she said that like right before my birthday. So I thought, okay, if I start on my birthday, I'll know when 20 years is up. That's right. Thir- 38, age 38 birthday. I'm good, right? <laughs> I'm good. And it came through at age 36. So, so yeah, yeah, it was just about 20 years. <laughs> just about 20 years, but dedicated. So was that your first sort of paranormal or psychic experience? No, there were, there were things that I thought were just normal. Okay. For example? Like when I was reading the Bible every night, four to six weeks in there of reading the Bible every night, I got this voice over my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it would say, okay, we didn't talk about reincarnation because everybody accepted that. We didn't talk about astrology because everybody understood that already. The things that were common to all of us, we didn't put in this book. Because those were already accepted. We were putting in new ideas. And then different times, they'd, I'd be reading and they'd say, okay, so you needed to know the culture of the time. Okay. Or, oh, they left this piece out. You really need to know this other information. Yeah. This, this I, political thing was going on or this. <laughs> right. Right. Or we did this in symbolism. So when it says, like, Jesus walked on the water and calmed everything right? Calm the waters. Mm-hmm. Well, water stood for emotions and we all understood that. And so the disciples were emotionally incredibly out of whack and upset. And so Jesus came and he was above the emotions. He was a non-emotional observer. So he calmed the waters. He calmed their emotions by walking above the emotions. That's uh-huh. walking on the water. And so I had this, I literally had this voice and I honest to God thought, that that's why they tell you to read the Bible every night, because then you always get the audio edition. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know? and, so, and then there were other things, like I went to this tea party. I asked mom if I could have the car, and I, it was a Saturday, and I was going to my friend's tea party. And before I got there, now this is before cell phones, you know, you had the dial up on the wall. Mm-hmm. And, and I got there, and as I walked in, I went, I said, I'm dropping off everything you asked me to bring, but I've got to go back. Mom needs the car. And she goes, but you just got here. And I said, I'll be back again really shortly. Mom needs the car. And I turned around and I drove back home because telepathically she had sent me the message, I need the car, even though she had told me she didn't. And I got home and she says, I'm glad I got your, you know, I'm glad you got my message because your younger sister hurt herself and I need to take her down to the doctor's. You know, and I need the car and I'll drop you off. But we communicated so much in my family telepathically between parents and kids that I thought that was normal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and they go, how do you know? And I go, you just know. (laughs) The information is just there and you honor it by going home with the car. (laughs) (laughs) But there were so many of those type of things that I honestly thought that was normal. Mm. And when later on, when people said, uh, no, that's not normal, I'd go, why not? It is in my family. <laughs> yeah, it, it works beautifully in my family. <laughs> and my children growing up, if I was really focused, like I was giving somebody a reading, that I wouldn't be tuned into them. And they would get mad at me. Mom, you pick it up all the time. So we get upset with you when you don't. And it's like, hello, I'm not always open for receiving. Sometimes I'm focused, mm. you know. 
But again, it was just like, this is normal. <laughs> and I thought that happened after other people said it's not. I thought, okay, it happens between people that really love each other. Mm, that's not always the case either. <laughs> yeah, I, I understood that too. But, you know, as your mind goes and it develops, you're trying to rationalize, how does this come to be? Yeah, exactly. So did you remain open that way throughout your life or did the world manage to turn you off at a certain point? Uh, no, the world didn't turn me off. In fact, I always think it's interesting when I say I went to over 70 countries and tested nameology science when, because that was a joint venture. Mm. You know, the voice was there and it literally would say, have you thought about this? You might want to try this. Have you checked into this? Did you take this so, into account? Yeah. Yeah. And so it really, I did the work, but I was guided. Yeah. And so anytime I would go off path or I wasn't quite getting it right, they would come back with questions. Oh, nice. You know, or anytime I was getting frustrated, oh, I'm not being able to figure these out. They go, put it aside, go do this one first and then come back. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was so guided and yes, it took 15 years, but anyway, it, it worked. And people always say, like, I went to over 70 countries and tested it. Nobody ever asks me, how did you get there? How did that work? And well, now that you bring that up, how did that work? <laughs> well, that was because I was already traveling and being sponsored all around the world doing my spiritual readings for people. So I simply said to my sponsors, hey, the next time you guys have me out, can I also present this? Can I test it? Nice. That's how that worked. So how did you transition from school teacher into like full-time international traveling reader? How did this I would I would travel during the summers and take my kids. That's why they were very well-traveled. Um, and I would do it, and people would watch my kids while I was working. So they, like, by the time my daughter graduated from high school, she'd been in 17 countries that I'd nice. taken her with. You know, and then, and I never counted up my sons, you know, but she was fascinated by it. Mom, how many times did you take me, you know? <laughs> so um, that was kind of cool. But I took them when I traveled. I traveled during holidays and during the summer while I was a school teacher. Okay. Oh, very nice. And so I have 40 years in education, 11 as an administrator and 29 as a teacher. And I was always working during the summers and the holidays and on weekends, you know, wow. on the phone. And so when I stopped being that after 40 years, then I did start doing this full time just two and a half years ago. Wow. Wow. I know a lot of um, newly awakened light workers get really impatient to be, shall I say, full time employed with their avocation. <laughs> and, you know, are in a hurry to leave their day jobs. And so I love that you kept your day job for 40 years. Oh, way too long. <laughs> the, last, the last two and a half years were tough because I started saying there's too many changes. They, instead of teaching the way we know to teach, they want us to teach how they want us to teach that doesn't work. And so it was very hard. Are, are we talking about the new math here? <laughs> Well, we're talking about Common Core, but yeah. that's a whole other topic. All right. Well, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. I go down that rabbit hole with a cousin of mine who's a math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my I opinion, professional opinion, it doesn't work. Yeah. Not that way. 
Exactly. I am intrigued by the process of bringing something new in. And I want to hear more about that, but we're fixing to go off on a break. So I would like to invite everybody out there to think a little bit about your own journey and the places where you get your knowings and your feelings and information that nobody else has. And I'd like you to honor that by writing down on a piece of paper how that sort of thing is showing up for you. And when we come back from the break, we will hear more from Sharon about how she brought through mnemology. So stay tuned. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here with Sharon Wyeth, and we are discussing mnemology, or how the positioning of the letters in your name uh, tell you about what your strengths are, your weaknesses, your path through life. So I know that you mentioned before we went to break that this was kind of a joint effort between yourself and your guides. How did it begin to unfold for you? You said it's a 15-year process. What, what was step one of that process? The beginning of my seventh year of teaching when I was 26, I went to do the seating chart and I started looking at, you know, they give you the list of names and I was looking at them and I'd say, okay, this one needs to go here. You know, you're kind of normally putting them down randomly, mm-hmm. but my brain was saying, don't put Joshua next to Julie because together they're going to be clowns. Stephanie's going to be stubborn, put her on the side so you don't have to change her seat often. Derek's going to need extra help, put him up close. 
I mean, and it wasn't until I was doing the seating chart for the fourth class that all of a sudden I went, wait a minute, this is how I think once I get to know the kids, but I don't know these kids. I only have their names. Yeah. How am I coming to these conclusions? (laughs) Exactly. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go back and write down my impression of every child based on their name, because that's all I have. What was I hearing? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wrote it all down. And I said, I'm going to look at this on winter break. I want to get to know the kids for who they are. Yeah. When I read it at winter break, it was so spot on that I said, okay, my brain has picked up some kind of patterning from their names. Now, how do I make conscious what's unconscious? Yeah. Now, my brain is thoroughly trained in patterns because I was a math major in college and I have my master's. So I thought, okay, there's some kind of patterns here. I just need to discover it. So that's how it started. And it started, there was eight Davids in my life. Oh, wow. So I made a chart. All the Davids across the top and the qualities as I started seeing, you know. And yeah, I you made a little matrix. <laughs> I made a little matrix. And did this one have this quality? Did that one have this quality? And the qualities that went all the way across, I went, okay, that's in the name David. But how come they're different? Well, I only have the last name, you know. And so... I thought, okay, then the last name must have some influence. And that's how I started. Oh, wow. I I literally started with a ton of matrices anytime there were common names. And then, so I would get the full name. In this full name, this is what sits. And then I started saying, well, this full name has this quality, and that one does, and it's different. So what about those two names is in common where that thing could sit? Right. And that's why it took so long. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a lot of uh, cross-checking of details and observation. And right. how, how was your team interacting with you in this process? What was it like well, on the psychic level? Well, they kind of left me alone as long as I was going down a good path. Okay. But the minute I go to go off and say, well, maybe it's here, like one of the things they came and said to me was, you're not looking at the position of the letters. Does that make a difference? You haven't considered where that letter sits because I was confused. I was saying, how come it looks like the A does this here, but the A doesn't do that there? Mm-hmm. And so they would go, well, look at the positions. Maybe the A in this position always means one thing, but the A in that position always means something else. Uh-huh. Maybe the meanings change from where they're sitting. And then they came through and said, you know, in your classroom, a child may be very, very quiet because they're sitting next to kids they don't like, but may be very talkative when they're sitting next to kids they do like. How do these letters interface with each other? Mm. That was a whole new piece. Yeah, it's a and whole different level when you take it to relationship. <laughs> right. And so, and then when I thought I pretty much had it, then they go, can you compare the names and know how somebody's going to react with somebody else? Yeah, I mean, now we're going constant. to a whole nother level. <laughs> right. So it was constant questions. They didn't give me answers. However, every once in a while, something would sneak through that I don't think I would have ever put together. Like I was doing a spiritual session for a group. Um, I was sponsored and like 40 or 50 people would come and I would go into my meditative state and people would ask questions and we could get answers for them. Mm-hmm. And so... One of the answers, I was out in the San Diego area, and one of the people there said something, whatever the question was. But the answer was, that's because you have too many L's in your name, 
And so you're attracting violence to you. Ooh. And somebody else said, what about these L's? And then the, my team said, when you have three or more L's in the entire name, you're either the victim, the perpetrator, or both of violence. That's how I got that piece. I would have never figured that piece out on my own. Isn't that so something? Every, every once in a while, when I was in that, what I call that meditative state, and I was doing my spiritual teachings, okay, which I was known for and traveling for, every once in a while, they'd say, she plainly needs help on this one. And it would come out. Because yeah. somebody would ask a question that would bring it out. Yeah. Oh, that's and, wonderful. And of course, everybody had to say afterwards, I didn't know any of these people, what was your name? And she did have a name. She had a name with five L's in it. Now, Holy I would goodness. not have known that. But of course, my team did. Yeah. Isn't you know, that so, so every once in a while, I got real help on the things that I would have gone, there's no way I could have gotten this on my own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would not have happened. That's awesome. I love hearing about your journey, about how this has unfolded for you, because I know many of us sit with this, um, what I want to call it, Hollywood uh, microwave expectation that you'll just be hanging out one day and boom, all of a sudden everything just hits you at once and is there as a whole cloth. <laughs> now, I did have that experience on, in a totally different area. I was down in Machu Picchu. So, Namology has now been shared in 77 countries, all right? So I'm down and in Machu Picchu, and I'm taking a day to go explore. And we're walking around the ruins with the two friends that had sponsored me down there. And they're going up this steep side, and there's no railing, and two people can't be on the step at the same time. And I think when we come back down, I'm going to be on the outside not hugging the mountain, and it goes straight down. And I thought, okay, ever since I almost fell off the Tower of Pisa when you could still – go on the outside and climb up, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Now I don't do heights. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Since I was half off of that one, it could have really fallen. And then there's no railing to hold yourself when you're crawling back on. And yeah. anyway, so ever since then, I'm like, and I was looking as we were going up and thinking about coming down and going, I can't do this. Oh, so I, I know. Bet. I know how steep these things are. When we were in Mexico City, we went up the Pyramid of the Sun. And when you go to come back down, you can't even see the rest of the staircase. It's just the step that's next. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. so I just went, okay, I can't keep going up. I'm not going to be able to get down. Right. And so I told the group, I was the two I was with, I said, I'll meet you down somewhere else down below. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, time, I'm going down this short little part where I can still handle this. And so when I went down, I was sitting on this rock and I saw people disappearing into this like cave. So I went closer because I was curious and you had to be at the right angle to see this tiny little opening. And there was a lady standing out in front and she was guiding her people in to the cave and having them. And then whenever they came out, she put the, the next one in. And so I asked, can I be at the end of the line? Because this looks, you know, different, curious, and I've got time to spare. And when I, and of course, other people then got in line behind me. But when I went in, you had to crawl on your hands and knees. Mm -hmm. And you kind of scooted on your belly. And they said, go in as far as you can go. And when I got in there, it was like an automatic trance state. It was like an automatic meditation. Okay. And I got an entire book downloaded. Wow. An entire book. And you talk about that Hollywood, boom, it's there. Mm -hmm. Boom, it was there. 
And then once I got it, I thought, oh my gosh, I've been in here hours. How inconsiderate. You've got people behind me and here I'm spending all this time in here, right? Because it just felt like I'd been there like eight hours. Right. So you scoot back backwards because you can't turn around. (laughs) So you scoot backwards all the way out. And when I came out, the lady looks at me and goes, wow, you weren't in there very long. And I thought, what? And she goes, no, you weren't in there barely five minutes. And I thought it felt like eight hours. But then it was like, how fast can I get something to write with and something to write on? So I can put it down. Yeah. I can put down what I got. And I must have scribbled the whole rest of that trip every time I wasn't busy or occupied or promised somewhere. I was scribbling what I got. And it, I got an entire book on the best way to raise our children. Ooh. So I, have, I still have all those notes. I have not written that book. It's like I got to finish these nameology ones. I will get to that one. But all those notes are absolutely there. Wow, that is beautiful. So you've, had, you've experienced both ways. Yes. You know, but, and I was thinking about it. There's a, a book out by Elizabeth Joyce that just recently came out, and it's called Backstage. Hmm. And if you look, she had asked me to write a chapter for her. And so if you look at toward the end of the Backstage book, there is, it's like 16 pages of things that I have experienced that would be, quote, determined out of this world. Like when people have just appeared out of nowhere to help me and then disappeared just as fast. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, where did you come from? I had that happen at Walmart one time. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for something. I'd gone in there on a a spirit-guided mission, and I couldn't find the thing I was looking for. And this Walmart employee just, like, materialized in the aisle I was in and said, come with me. It's right around the corner here and pointed at it. And I picked it up and I looked and they're gone again. Now, Walmart employees don't go out of their way to help you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it depends on where you're living. (laughs) You know, I love that. So I, I read soul contracts. Nomology pulls out a lot of soul contract type information from the name. And the soul contract work that I do is based on a form of numerology. Is nomology science have anything to do with numerology? Nothing. There's no numbers involved other than your timing. And then you're only doing addition. (laughs) You you, You can figure out your transition timing, like when you're going from learning one thing to now your focus is another thing. And it was really cute when I was teaching this class in San Diego, um, the a technology firm sponsored me and I was teaching this class. And so I decided to use the owner's name to, okay. as a demo. Okay. And he was not in the room, but other people were that knew him very well. So I said, okay, let's use his name. Right. <laughs> and so I put it up on the board and I was showing them how to figure out the names and it's just simple addition. You know, you never, you never add more than two digits to some, another single digit. You know, it's not hard. <laughs> and so I was showing them. And then I said, look, as this transition number comes underneath this letter, you know what the letter stands for. So watch how we go through. And it was so funny because his wife was in the room. And every time I said, so this is a transition and now he's doing this and now he's going to school and now he's relearning and now he's changing jobs and now he's whatever. She goes, Oh my God, those are exactly the ages that he did those things. Wow. Yes, it's right here. 
It's right here in the timing. And other than that, it is simply letters and letter placements, mm. you know, and how are you reacting to the other letters around you? That's so beautiful. for an example, um, let's take a C and an H. I love this as an example. So I have mnemonic devices for all the letters and it's even in the book, Know the Name, Know the Person. I literally put in the mnemonic devices. So I said, how are you going to remember all of this? Here, yeah. here's how you train your brain. Because I personally do not like memorization, and yet you've got to do memorization. Yeah. Okay. So how did I get it in my brain when I would much rather have to refigure something out logically? And so I have these mnemonic devices. So for an example, a C is charming and charismatic to cover their need to be in charge and in control. Ah, no, almost okay. all C letters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they're very, they're very controlling, okay? Then you have the H, which I call my holy letter. Now, the holy letter, you just trust the universe. You get in the water, you go wherever the stream goes, you know you're going to end up at just the right place yes. because you totally let go and let the universe take you where you need to. So now you put a C next to an H. You've got to, I've got to be in charge. And then next to a let go and let God be in charge. Yeah, okay? there, there's an inherent conflict there. <laughs> there's an inherent conflict. So it's like, am I going to be in charge here? Do I need to let go here? Which way am I supposed to go? So people with a CH do everything the hard way. Ah, yes. Because it's a tug of war the whole time they're doing something. So they do everything the hard way. But Aww. then the name also says, why are they doing it the hard way? So... In the CH, and it doesn't matter like whether it's a Cheryl at the beginning of the name or a Michael in the middle of the name, you know, it doesn't matter where it falls, okay, when you're looking at your combos. But what I've noticed is a lot of people do it the hard way to enhance their memories because if it comes too easy, then the next time it rolls around, they go, oh, I remember that was really Wait, easy. What how did, did I, I do, do last time? Yeah. You know, how did I do that last time? And, and then they spend so much time trying to think of how they did it last time, they could have already gotten the thing done. Yeah, exactly. So if they do it the hard way, then when they go, oh, I remember how I did that last time, let's improve that, and at least it helped the memory. Exactly. It was etched in stone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so the name always shows what's going on, but what's underneath it. Mm, I love that. I love that. So we are getting down to our next break, but I want to learn a little bit more about what we should be looking in at in our names. So what I'd like you to do if you're at home and thinking about this is spend some time with places where you've gotten odd bits of information, downloads, that sort of thing. And just note that down. What was it that you got? What were the circumstances under which you got it? Because that can be useful in terms of getting more stuff. <laughs> so I'd like to invite you to do that and stay with us through the break. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520 261 6827 and let me know how has the show supported you 
where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here talking with Sharon Lynn Wyeth about nomology and names and how they reveal things about ourselves to ourselves and to the people around us if they're familiar with nomology science. So tell me a little bit about how you can use nomology science in your workplace, in your family, uh, to make life a little bit easier for yourself. Well, it's, it's really nice when you can look at somebody's name and in the first vowel of the first name is their communication style. Mm. So I have six vowels. I have A, E, I, O, U, and, and Y. And so, and so like in numerology, sometimes Y is a vowel and sometimes Y is a consonant. Well, in my system, Y is always a vowel, so there's no confusion. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you look at those vowels, and each one has its own communication style. So let's say I'm an A. Mm-hmm. but I am talking with somebody who's an E. When I put them on the chart, I'm directly across. The A sits across from the E. And what that says is we have opposing communication style, so there's maximum chance for miscommunication. Oh, okay. So okay. that would be a good thing to know, especially if you've got an A and your boss has an E, that could be a bad situation. <laughs> right. And so and it's between I and O is the most communication, and it's between Y and U is the most communication. It's how they sit across from one another. Okay. And so with an A and an E, the A comes from, just to give an example to how the miscommunication happens, the A comes from, let's get the job done, let's get the work done, and then we'll talk personal. So you come into work, you don't go to the water cooler and talk and ask anybody how their day was. You come into York and you go, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to whatever, and we get to work. Okay, that's an A. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, now we can play. How are you? How's everything going? Okay. Hang, hang at the water cooler, have a cigarette hang break, the whatever water cooler, it is. And, you know, now an E is just the opposite. They come into work 
they go straight to the water cooler. How were you? How are you? Did you get enough sleep last night? How's it going? Did are you have a good weekend? Day? Yeah, the whole yeah. bit. And they all connect first. And once they know everybody's okay, then they go to work. Mm. Well, the A looks at them and says, you're wasting time. Yeah, and where's the, your work ethic here, right? Right. And the E looks at the A's and say, you don't even care about me. You didn't even ask how I was. Mm. You see how this miscommunication is going to go on? Yeah, exactly. They're coming from two different places. So like when I was a principal and I would greet my E's and I would look at my clock literally and say, I need to spend this much time. But I would think, oh, my God, this is such a waste of time for my A. But it's not because this is what the E needs. So I look at my E friends, my E teachers. So when I would greet my E people, I would literally make sure by my watch that I was spending enough time asking about their families, asking about their days, if everybody was okay, you know, anything interesting happened, anybody that needed prayers, you know, I would literally start with the communication, even though a part of me thought, oh, come on, we need to get to work. And I thought they can't work until they know that you care. Yeah. And so take the time to show that you care first because you do care. You just have a different modality, you know. <laughs> and so you reverse it for those E people so that they know. So then they can go to work and all day long they're, they're not stopping to think, oh, she doesn't even care what happened, you know, the whole bit where they can't get their work done. Right. Oh, that's a lovely example. I like that. Now, I know some names come out of different language bases. And, for example, Stephen Colbert uses the French pronunciation where his father used the English of Colbert. Does this make a difference as far as the interpretation of the name goes? Uh, no, it's always by letters and what their, what their placement is. However, there's a slight change on that because I would say, no, it doesn't matter at all, except for occasionally it does. Because if you hear a letter that's not there, okay, mm. like in Xena, yeah. It's an X-E-N-A, but you hear a Z. Then the letters that you hear, even though you don't see them, also need to be interpreted. Hmm. But other than that, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you okay. know, like, like Sharon and Sharon, for an example, there's an added accent mark. Right. So Sharon and Sharon are interpreted similarly, except for the letter that, where the accent mark is over. Hmm. And but so what was the difference in the O versus the O with the accent? When an accent letter is over an O, it acts like a first vowel, even though it's not in the first vowel position. So oh. my name says I have two first vowels. And so which one rules if you have two first vowels? The one that comes first. Okay. But, but you jump a lot between the two. It says, this is my natural style, but I can also do it this way. Okay, so you can function as an O as well as an A. Correct. Lovely. I, that's interesting. I like that. <laughs> I'm sitting here preparing to geek out and everybody's probably out there going, oh, no, don't go down the rabbit hole. The <laughs> <laughs> letter is the same and your combinations are the same. Okay, so, so the sound doesn't really make a difference. It's the symbols above the letters. Okay, I see. So does it matter if we change our name? Let's say we never liked the name we were born with and we change it to something else. Okay, so the answer is yes. In the name that you're born with, it lets you know your contract for this lifetime. 
it's kind of like saying that you are on the train tracks and then the name that you are born with is the train tracks. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's where you're supposed to be going this lifetime or how you have it planned for yourself. And then the name you are going by is literally the engine on the train tracks. And so that's what you see, even though the train tracks are still taking you where you're supposed to be. Interesting. And is there any kind of interpretation that you have around someone who's like never liked their name? What does that tell us something? I have a lot of people that call me for an appointment that have never liked their name. Okay. And so, and a lot of people um, work with me to change their names so mm -hmm. that when they can get a name that they like and that says what they want it to say and that it'll attract the people, the kind of people that they want it to attract. Yeah. Okay. And I call that a name change. But what we start with always is this is what your current name says. And a lot of times, I mean, almost half of the time, people will go, oh, well, may, let me sit with my name a little longer. Yeah, maybe I, I might keep it now that I know a little more. <laughs> right. Now, maybe that's not so bad. I kind of like that. That's interesting. Yeah, that was actually how I came around to the soul contract work was I wanted to change my name. And eventually I did change my name uh, because I never liked it. Never liked it. <laughs> well, and a good half the people that call me, we go through and change their name. And then their lives change. Because what it's saying is the tracks are laid, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And you're determining how fast or slow you're moving your engine on those tracks. Okay? How, so instead of being like a, a locomotive where you're going chug, 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 you can become the bullet train. <laughs> yeah, you go from the little engine that could <laughs> exactly. to the great big engine that kicks ass. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I jokingly say that, let's say, well, your name always says the, the main umbrella while you're here and the seven individual things that you came to experience that would then give you that whole umbrella mm. to complete that overall mission. So let's say one of the things, one of the seven is that you're supposed to get from L.A. to New York. Well, you could start by walking, and it's going to take you your whole life to accomplish that goal. But maybe you hear about buses along the way, and you say, if I stopped and earned money for a job, then I could get on a bus, and then I could get there faster. Mm -hmm. And while you're working for your ticket for a bus, you hear somebody explain trains to you, and you're going, wait a minute. Well, That'll be faster than the bus, yeah. <laughs> so, but your name always says, how to get on the airplane and get there the quickest way. Nice. Your name always says, this is your fastest path to get that goal accomplished. This is what you got to tweak. This is what you got to experience. This is what needs to become a habit. Neat. So I know you brought a gift for our, our listeners today. What did you bring with you? I brought a gift of the history of some of the names and how this whole system sets up and interesting information about how they do names in different countries. Ooh. So for an example, in Turkey, um, the oldest relative, oldest male relative chooses the baby's name, mm. you know, and some other interesting really things like that. And mm -hmm. so that is literally the first chapter in the first book, Know the Name, Know the Person, absolutely free. So you can go get that first chapter of the book by going to SovereignSelf.media. We have a link to Sharon's okay. website and uh, also direct links to get that uh, free chapter of the book. 
So that's, that's lovely. Thank you so much for that generous gift that you brought with you, Sharon. Just in the last few minutes that we have here, what words of wisdom would you give somebody who's struggled with trying to identify the people they should be interacting with who are going to be beneficial, perhaps I should say, to interact with and who's going to be painful to interact with? Um, does nomology help people navigate that landscape? It, it absolutely does, and it does a beautiful job of it. Um, and I would say get the book. However, what you can do for yourself is everybody that you've had conflict with and you're uncomfortable with, if you write their names in one column, and everybody that you had just thoroughly enjoyed and you write their names in the other column, then start looking. What are the similarities in all of these names? Mm-hmm that I didn't get along with? What are the similarities in all these names that I do get along with? And you can notice your own patterns that say, oh, these things seem to be repetitive in these names I get along with. I want to meet more people with that in their name versus these are the things that seem to give me a challenge. I want to make sure that I'm taking it really slow and easy with those people. Exactly. Oh. I, I, I might want to not so much interact with the Christines and the Christophers. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have certain combinations in names. Mm-hmm. Like if they have these two letters together, that I go, ah, this one's hard for me. Yeah. And I just realized they don't work for me. It's not that it doesn't work for other people. Exactly. Because there are many people who love Christines and Christophers. <laughs> You know, but I look at the different combinations and I look at the first vowel position. So when you're looking for similarities, you're wanting combos, Mm. you know, like two letters together that keep showing up like the CH and Chris and Christopher's that, you know, they do it the hard way. And and Sophia, you're going, ah, why do it the hard way? (laughs) Yeah, no, you're killing me with this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so you can look for the combos or look at the first vowels. Is there a group of first vowels that you don't, you know, that are great for you or a group of first vowels that you have more challenges with? I love that. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Sharon. It's been wonderful and enlightening, and I'm looking forward to finishing your book. I'm like halfway through it. Yay! (laughs) Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Sophia. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone out there who joined us today. I love you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to answering your questions and bringing on more interesting and diverse guests. Uh, If you have a thought on something you'd like to see covered or a guest you'd like to see on the show, just pop me an email at askzofia, that's A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co. Ask Zofia at transformationspace.co and we will get your questions answered and bring the people you want to hear. And until next time, stay home and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here.